Welcome back to the Teach and Coach GA podcast. This is an episode I'm really excited to uh, to deliver and wrap up, I guess, produce, uh, because it sort of hits close to home for me as a uh, as an ed tech tool that really sort of launched and got me started with uh, sort of all the things I'm working on now with Teach and Coach GA and the website and podcast. Really helped open doors for me that uh, that I didn't know would ever be able to, to open as a former former PE teacher who still loved ed tech. Uh, and, uh, and that tool we're going to focus on this week is Nearpod. Uh, for folks that know me, they know that I love Nearpod, that uh, I'm a huge fan of Nearpod. Uh, my previous uh, spot I was in in Forsyth County here in Georgia allowed me to lead several trainings for uh, the staff in Forsyth County on, on Nearpod, and it's just an outstanding tool. And I was one that was jumping on board early with it. I uh, still remember sitting on the couch during a Falcons game and uh, being on my iPad looking for, for ed tech tools that I could incorporate at the time in my middle school middle school classroom. And if you're like me watching a Falcons game, we were probably losing. Uh, therefore, I probably had lots of extended time to be able to, start, to, be able to search for ed tech tools uh, to use. But I stumbled upon Nearpod uh, back in its early, early days and, uh, and loved it. You know, the, the draw it tool was just a, a cool thing. Being able to control all the devices in the classroom was just awesome. Um, and for those of you that know Nearpod now, you know it's so much more than that. And if you've never heard of Nearpod, then this is really going to be a great episode for you. But uh, my favorite thing about Nearpod of all this time that I've, I've spent with it, I guess, over really the past eight years or so, uh, has been that it always is changing and always getting better. Uh, and to me, that's the sign of a great, great ed tech tool. It, it, the way I've always presented it to people, they don't share Nearpod and say, here it is, hope you like it. They share Nearpod and say, here it is, teachers, what do you think we can do to make it better? And then they incorporate those things, which who would think it? Uh, so it is truly just an outstanding tool. If you've never used it, I hope you'll give it a shot. Uh, and if you have used it, but maybe haven't used it recently, uh, we're going to sit down this week and talk with Sarah Webster, who's the customer success manager over there at Nearpod. And she is just a wealth of knowledge to be able to pinpoint several of the new features and tools um, that Nearpod has brought out. And it is, again, just truly just an outstanding product. To quote her, she she said it is the only tool you need. And uh, she's, she's pretty close to being right on that. It is just filled with awesomeness. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Sarah Webster from Nearpod. And uh, if you're not already using Nearpod in your classroom, I hope that uh, this will help sort of jumpstart you and get you on board with that. Really excited today to sit down with Sarah Webster, the customer success manager over at Nearpod. Uh, as you all know from listening to the podcast, I'm a huge fan of Nearpod, so really excited for a chance to sit down uh, with Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much for joining the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So before we jump into your experience with Nearpod and all the amazing things that Nearpod does, uh, what is your personal background in education? How did you jump in and get started and sort of the path you took to get here to customer success manager? So super interesting. I wanted to be a high school teacher in high school, then took a tur- total turn of events and started pursuing travel and hospitality management, then decided ed- elementary education was my sweet spot. Um, I think that was largely influenced by um, being the oldest of five children at the time. Uh, so that said, I actually started off my career in education teaching preschool, 
um, kindergarten. And then I moved to the lovely state of Virginia and taught with uh, Richmond City Public Schools for several years, um, then became instructional technology um, resource teacher. Um, and that's really where I landed in terms of Nearpod and getting to grow my capacity um, there and became a, a Nearpod pioneer and made it even more official. <laughs> yeah, Nearpod, uh, I, I still remember sitting on my couch watching a Falcons game. And unfortunately, as a Falcons fan, we were probably losing. Uh, and during a commercial break, flipping through my iPad, just looking for new apps to use with my students and coming across Nearpod. Uh, so I remember back in the day when it was just the draw it feature was the coolest thing going, right? And now they've added so many awesome and amazing, amazing things to it uh, that to me is one of the biggest selling features of Nearpod is that it's not the same thing it was. It, it's morphed and changed and, and grown based on feedback from from teachers. So that is that is awesome. But before I sort of spill the beans on on what Nearpod is and, and what it can do for educators, what is how would you share Nearpod? How would you explain to a to a new teacher who's listening that says, "I'm Nearpod. That's interesting. What what is that? How what is Nearpod? And how can it benefit them?" The only tool you need. <laughs> um, it can do so many so many great things um, and be utilized at various capacities, which I think makes it um, very unique and special. Um, first and foremost, student feedback form, through the formative assessment opportunity for teachers to have um, insights and um, information from every student every time. So you're hearing from all students. The level of engagement is is par none. Um, you know, opportunity integrations we have within videos, Flipgrid, Draw It, 3D objects, virtual field trips. Um, it's just, I'm to your point, I'm just blown away. When you know, when I started using your near pod, I could only do a, a handful of things, and it's just grown into this entire ecosystem of. Um, taking student engagement to a whole new level while still remaining standards aligned and offering teachers custom custom content or excuse me customizable content that is standard aligned. It really it really is. I like the the response of only tool you need, and that that honestly is a perfect answer because uh, we often talk about our sort of our toolbox as educators and all the things we need to have in our toolbox uh, to be able to go to and use. <clears throat> and it's nice to know that that Nearpod sort of that Swiss army knife of, of education tools. It, it sort yeah. of does everything you need it to do and does it well. Um, that's a really, really great, great point. And to your, to your point of, you know, you can load in video, you can load in uh, Flipgrid conversations. You uh, have the collaborate boards, uh, the new drag and drop feature. Mm -hmm. um, I was really blown away. So, you know, I, I retired from full-time teaching and creating stuff two years ago. So for about two years, I really haven't been creating new things with Nearpod. Uh, and this year I was asked to help with sixth grade and teach, teach a sixth grade course. And the other day I opened it up and said, all right, I'm going to build a new Nearpod. I haven't done it in a while. I'm going to, I'm going to build a new Nearpod. And I was blown away by all the different things that I hadn't seen in just two years. The, the new, the new slide creator, slide builder, uh, is awesome for so long. I had told people, you know, Hey, build your slides in, in another tool and then you know, drag and drop them into Nearpod. And now you really can build everything right there within Nearpod. So, uh, that is that is probably one of the coolest new features I've I've seen is that new new ability to create slides. Yeah, our slide editor has come a very long way. I remember when it was just black and white, <laughs> um, you know, black background or white background, and that was it. Mm -hmm. um, now with the the ability to format objects, images, layer them, um, 
it, it's, it's very easy and accessible for teachers, which, you know, time is never our friend, um, unfortunately. So um, that alleviation, but one of my favorite um, pieces of that is the ability to access the immersive reader. So Microsoft immersive reader is now built into those slides. So teachers um, should they create their content there, their students then will have access to that as well. And that includes language translation, um, parts of speech, dictionary image association, um, so many great things with just that tool alone. Yeah, that <laughs> I, <laughs> I still remember telling teachers when I first started, or when I was in elementary school, of remembering when that laser disc thing came out, right? And it, the teacher <laughs> rolled in this big cart and then took out this giant CD and put it on the thing. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is awesome. Uh, it's amazing how far we have come with, with technology and education, mm-hmm. just to what you're saying of, you can type in words on your, on your Nearpod on that slide. And then that student can, like you said, click and have it read back to them, including language translation. I mean, it is, it is amazing and, and puts such a big smile on my face to think what we can do now for students that, you know, maybe we couldn't do before that we wanted to, right. For, for like, for example, English, English language learners, uh, I would love to be able to sit down with a kid and speak with them in their language, but I don't have that gift or ability. But with something like Nearpod, uh, you can't, uh, and that is that's really, really a special a special thing for teachers. So, um, yeah, it it truly is very encouraging. I think first and foremost, you know, students um, are our priority, and being able to give them, empower them with that autonomy. Um, and through differentiation as needed, it just, it makes it so much more powerful. So with all those things we can do, I sort of skipped over something you were mentioning, all those things we can do with Nearpod building stuff for our students interaction. One of the, the key features that I sort of jumped over that you mentioned is, is feedback. How, how can teachers get feedback from the Nearpod lessons? Sort of how is it unique and how can they, they use that to help drive future lessons or, you know, work with their kids in a better way? So, I'm sure it's going to resonate for those listening with the one, two, three, show me and students doing their work on whiteboards um, or, you know, the teacher having every student complete a piece, um, you know, solve for a problem, get your answer, do it on a piece of paper and teacher having to walk through all 20, maybe 30, some students in in some cases and and individually checking that the power of the draw it activity alone allows not only this the the student work to be captured and submitted and then further analyzed um, the teacher can also see it in real time so through our draw it feature if a teacher needs to re- remediate or redirect a student they would have the um, insight and intel to be able to help that student um, and then of course have the the student learning and understanding demonstrated captured all for you in a beautiful nearpod report um i also love peer review um i i love in- encouraging teachers um to think about you know avoiding passive learning so when we're talking about math just thinking about numbers here for a moment or even <laughs> student writing let's look at student like a, t- a student writing sample um how you know, asking your students, do you agree, disagree? And rather than here's the right answer. And so then you're starting to tap into those blooms, higher level thinking um, strategies and skills with students where they have to defend, justify or rationalize their answer. What went wrong? Where did it go wrong? 
And then you're having that dialogue um, and collaboration, which students need. Um, you know, we don't always, it's not always about getting the right answer, but how we got there and understanding the process and near, near pod through the draw activity alone lends itself so nicely to that. Yeah, it, that, that is a great response in that. Uh, I spent some time as I was creating courses at my previous school district. I also spent uh, one day, sometimes two days a week with students that uh, were at what we would call an alternative school in our, in our county, uh, where students were removed from their, their other building for whatever reason. Uh, and it was amazing how much those students loved the draw it feature, because what I would do is I'd have the board behind me and I would, I, I'd be looking through their responses and I'd pull up one of the students' responses and say, hey, this is a great example. And, and we'd show it on the board and discuss it. It was amazing how all the other students who typically in a lesson are like, oh, we got to do another lesson. Or, mm-hmm. Mr. Marks, show mine on the screen. I want, look at this one on the screen. And the engagement level and excitement level for kids, uh, even at that high school level uh, that, uh, that have maybe struggled in their, their previous building, absolutely loved uh, that interaction with Nearpod. And it was, it was really fun, really fun to see. So uh, of all those things we've talked about, what would be your your favorite thing about Nearpod? So if you had to limit it down to one and say, this is that one thing that every time I use Nearpod, I go, this is awesome. What what would be that favorite thing for you? It has to be the draw. I mean, I was I would I almost for a moment said the the open-ended response because students not only have the ability to type but record their voice. So we're, again, when we're talking about emerging readers, struggling readers, those who maybe don't have, you know, these kids, kids are, our kids today are, they're 21st century, they're, they're digital natives, right? And yep. the majority of the devices, if you think about it, that they've encountered have likely not had a keyboard. They've mm-hmm. been, um, so that's an acquired um, skill typing. Um, and so for that reason, I like that that's built in, but I'm still going to pivot back to draw it because of the flexibility and how versatile it can be um, in that they can upload images of their own. They can take, uh, so whether if you're in a classroom and you have them take an, an image of a, of a completed work assignment, they can draw on top of it to further annotate and explain, um, use Google safe search images that we have, um, and then the labeling aspect with text, for example. So I, I just, it, it really is the most robust, I think, in terms of bandwidth, but it also is caters itself to all learning um, mm-hmm. types and, and giving the students the choice. And I think I always believe voice and choice is super important for students and the draw activity touches on, on several of those um, areas for students to be able to depict and, and truly display their level of understanding. I like that voice, voice and choice. I may, I may steal that from you. That is, uh, I like that. And give an example of, of that draw feature, as you mentioned, just how robust it is. Uh, I was working with a teacher this year for that sixth grade class and they were, they were using a graphic organizer and I'm not a huge graphic organizer person, but I thought, all right, we're going to do this graphic organizer, but I don't want it to just be here. It's in a, in a Google form or in a, I don't even know the terms for Google tells you how much I use Google. Uh, but it's in a Google whatever. I was like, all right, I'm going to take that as an image now and I'm going to drop it into my draw it feature and I'm going to have it now be a, an image in the draw it feature. And now the students where they can type in stuff, they can type responses in the spaces, they can write responses in the spaces, they can pull images because it was asking for either an a example using an image or an example in you know, text and an explanation. Uh, so they could drop images into those spaces as their examples. Uh, so really, like you said, it just 
it lends itself to so many different options, especially when you think, all right, I can use an image to put back here. And that image could simply be a graphic organizer or whatever it may be the student, the teacher's working with. And now students have all these creative ways to be able to respond. And uh, I'm all about creativity. I think it's something that uh, students will respond. I'm not very creative. And I tell them it's just because you haven't practiced it. It's like any other skill. We've got to, we've got to practice it. So it gives them that, it lends that opportunity for them to, to be creative and have sort of fun with things. So I think that's a great response. That draw feature is very, very cool. I, uh, I love how it's sort of grown and expanded. So uh-huh. looking sort of down the road, and I know there's all kinds of new stuff already out that slide builder we mentioned, uh, the new drag and drop feature, um, time to climb isn't brand new, but it's still somewhat new in my brain. At least I, I still have fun with time to climb and the little characters going back to that same thing. Those high school kids probably spend as much time picking their characters as they did going through the questions. Those little, little characters are fun. Um, but what, uh, anything new coming down the road that educators should be looking out for, for, for Nearpod or excited about coming down the road with Nearpod? Always. Um, there, <laughs> there are always, you know, one of my favorite things about working here is we truly listen to all feedback. Um, and that's how we've grown into such an amazing, amazing ecosystem of support within one, this one tool. Um, one feature that was actually released this month, super exciting, is that we have toggle live to student paced. So as you're in a setting with your teacher, with your students, and maybe you're on slide 10 and you want to give them um, the flexibility to independently work at their own pace until slide 15, you quickly toggle that on. And then, um, so again, as we're talking about differentiation for students, whether it be enrichment or remediation, they can work up to their ability or they could scroll through and select their own, again, voice and choice. Um, But then as a teacher wants everybody to come back to the group, whether it be small group, whole group, they can just toggle it back off and pull everyone back in. And so another another great way to to empower students um, while still um, helping, you know, keep keep on track and, and engaged. So that's a that's an exciting feature. We do have a lot of other things um, that are currently <laughs> in um, in discovery uh, or in exploring, I guess, is maybe uh, a nice, a better way to say it. But we continue to make improvements um, within. Um, we actually have recently been selected by Google for a special um, project that will start to assist teachers with being able to use, um, essentially use the gradebook feature within Google Classroom. So grade passback. Um, continuing to explore other content partners as well as our LMS integrations. Um, we also recently began rostering with Clever. So that's super exciting um, for any admin who's ever had to manually move <laughs> teachers in the in, in the Nearpod backend. I think you're probably cheering right now. Um, but yeah, we, d- we definitely have a lot more up our sleeves. That is very cool. And y'all always do. Uh, as you mentioned before, we were, we were both Nearpod pioneers for a time. And um, it was always fun to go in and train teachers. But we can't always be everywhere with every teacher. So if there's people that are listening, and they're like, and I didn't didn't prep you for this one. So you may say, oh, we don't have that yet, but that's a good idea. It, you know, Nearpod pioneers are the folks that go and train, train other teachers on sort of how to implement and use Nearpod in their classrooms. And I'm sure there's people listening going, holy cow, this is so many cool and awesome things but it's so much. How, how do I use this or how do I do this? Is there things on YouTube that they can go to to check out a channel that would help guide them through some of these things so they can better implement them in their classroom? Absolutely. The best place to start is um, nearpod.com slash resources. 
that page there opens up a world of opportunity. So whether you are someone who is looking to um, explore quick tutorials, we have a link to our YouTube channel there. Um, if you are interested in participating in our live webinars, um, forever growing, changing, expanding, lots of great stuff there. Um, our professional services team is amazing at leading those. Um, what's great about those is even if you are not able to jump in at three o'clock on a Monday, um, you know, after school duty, buses, all of that, um, great, we would love to have you, but if you're not, you can still register and participate. Um, if you are able to jump in live, you receive you um, you will also receive a certificate of attendance. So I know that always perks gets interest for teachers needing those uh, PD point <laughs> PD yeah. point opportunities. But um, and importantly, you get recording. We also have um, pre-recorded webinars as well. So if that's more your style for asynchronous learning, um, that's where I would that's where I would I would start um, and. Nearpod, I've grown with the platform for the last several years. Um, it's a whole lot. It's I, my my best piece of advice is to to make it digestible. Focus on you know one or two things at a time and not get overwhelmed and just try to make a thirty slide lesson Nearpod for a whole group setting. That that's just going to be painful. <laughs> so mm -hmm. to, um, you know, thinking about opportunities to blend Nearpod and digital and analog experiences. So it could just be a single Nearpod slide. It could be a draw activity following students um, station work where they, you know, a level of comprehension reading activity where they're reading the book and coming to Nearpod to depict their learning. Um, so again, kind of chunking it and making it digestible. Yeah. I think that, I think that is a great, a great tip. Uh, start small and you can always add to those, those Nearpod presentations. <clears throat> excuse me. You can I'm always sorry. add to those Nearpod presentations as you, uh, as you sort of expand your knowledge of the platform. And it is, it is an amazing tool. Like you said, it, it's expansive. There's so much and it. It truly is, like you said, the only, only tool you need. Uh, mm -hmm. So hopefully teachers, if you haven't already checked out Nearpod or you maybe you looked at it years ago, it's definitely something you should come back to and take a look at it for you and your students. Uh, but Sarah, before we, before we wrap up, I do have one more question for you. And that's something I usually wrap up with, with all the, the educators I speak with. And that's, Anything in your professional life or your personal life that you're excited about that you have the stage now to be able to share uh, something that you're excited about in your professional or personal life? So this last year and a half, almost two of the state of the world has taught me quite a bit. Um, one thing that I am excited if you know, kind of thinking of the silver lining um, in this experience is the the push to the digital space that we're in and allowing our students to acquire the skills um, that are not always accessible to them. And so for example, coming back to the my my comment about keyboards, keyboards were not every in a, a student's everyday life. Um, so I am excited about what the future of technology brings to the world of education, not not turning away from books, paper, tangible objects, but how we can further blend our, our blend these two worlds and, and help students to continue to, to grow. Absolutely. I think that's a great, a great perspective for sure. Uh, well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me and sharing more about what's going on over there at Nearpod. I hope teachers will check that out if they haven't already. And uh, hopefully we can chat again soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
So thankful to Sarah for being so gracious with her time and coming on the show and and sharing all that is going on over there at Nearpod. And as you just heard, it is a lot. There is a lot going on with Nearpod. So many things that you can do in your classroom to use Nearpod. And uh, if you're looking at just getting started, I really like Sarah's advice of sort of uh, taking in little chunks. Don't uh, don't try to, to take in all of Nearpod. It is it is a lot, uh, but uh, take little pieces here and there and sort of build that knowledge base with Nearpod so that you can use it more and more with your students. And as she said, a great place to start is at nearpod.com/resources, and I'll include that down in the show notes as well. Uh, so many things from that episode just uh, you know put a huge smile on my face. Just the idea of uh, that language translation being built into the uh, Nearpod slides so that uh, you know if a student is doing a, a live lesson with you or if a student is doing what they call student pace, meaning they're going to tackle that on their own maybe at a later time. Uh, the ability for a kid to be able to have that translator there is just such a huge, huge tool. Uh, and then there's so many other things. The new, the new uh, slide builder is outstanding. The new drag and drop feature, the time to climb games that are built in. Uh, the 3D objects, the virtual uh, VR field trips, uh, so many things that you can can build upon and sort of add to your uh, your skill set as you become uh, more and more uh, educated with what Nearpod can do. And it is, again, it is just so much. Uh, as a former Nearpod pioneer, I could stand here or, or sit here and talk more and more about Nearpod, but I'm going to let you guys jump in there and tackle it on your own. Uh, if you do need help with Nearpod, I, uh, am, I'm happy to be a resource for you. Uh, to reach out to me and let me know uh, if you need any help with it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of it and use it as much as I can. Uh, So jump in there, start using it. If you need help, let me know. Also check out that nearpod.com slash resources to get additional information. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Looking forward to next week's episode. As always, have a great week. Music from bensound.com and called Sunny.